What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. 
All right, what a fitting opening right there for this week's show especially, but also just Rock Strikes 10 in general because, like the song says, we're going to rock it till it strikes the hour. Yes, it is my birthday week, weekend, what have you. I, you know, I don't really celebrate so much as much anymore, but I always try to think of something extra fun for me, a personal thing that I can do on the show the week of another year gone by. And this theme really just fell into my lap because a monumental anniversary for a massively important album for me. This weekend, it's the 40th anniversary of the release of the Metal Health album by Quiet Riot. An obvious album in the canon of hard rock and heavy metal. If you are even remotely hanging out in the hard rock, heavy metal world from the last 40 years, then you know it's the first basically official heavy metal album to reach number one on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart which is a very big deal. But as big of a deal for me personally was the fact that I was around this time that this album came out, was waking up to music. I was an early bloomer on music, as you can tell by the way that I choose to live my life and the kind of show I do. It's about three or four years old when I really started to get into it. I was already making tapes on the handheld cassette player, dialing through the radio by my own volition, and hard rock, heavy metal, pop metal, hair metal, sunset strip metal, whatever you want to call it, as Mark Striegel would say, it's the good stuff, was having its day in the sun, and it would last for a few more years. So I've constantly said that there are three albums that basically changed my life for the better and woke me up to music. It was Prince's 1999, Van Halen's 1984, and this bad boy right here, Metal Health by Quiet Riot. So we're going to celebrate the damn thing and give it its proper 40th birthday here today on Rock Strikes 10. And I'm going to lift an idea, pay some homage, if you will, this fun bit that Ken and Gary on the podcast used to do back in the day where they retrack the whole album. So I'm basically just going to retrack this whole record, all 10 tracks on it, even the guitar solo. And that's the show today. It's simple enough. We're doing Metal Health top to bottom without playing anything off the original studio album. As much as that pains me, because... I believe this to be a perfect pop metal album, but this mostly is going to consist of live versions, but I'm not going to repeat any shows as far as I can tell. And we're going to be live all over the world and throw in a couple of rarities for you as well that aren't live tracks. We're going to track this record. Of course, we kick things off with the title track, Metal Health, Bang Your Head. I don't know if there is a more important riff for me than that opening riff. Da, na, da, 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 na, na, na. That riff, probably along with the theme song to MTV, uh, is probably my two favorite riffs of all time, honestly, because they changed my life. So there you have it. And that was a live version of that song, I believe. And here's the funny part. This is one of the only credits I don't have the 100% guarantee on. However, I'm pretty sure that that was a live version taken from a show in, I believe, Nashville, Tennessee, around 1984. But I really dig that version. What a way to kick off the show. And if you are not familiar with this album, then this next song will be the last song you know off the record. And it will be all over for you after this. But I encourage you to stay tuned. Honestly, I, I wouldn't even be mad if you paused the show right now and listened to this album top to bottom because that's the way it was intended by the music gods. But of course, you're going to know this next one right here, a life changer, an anthem. Yes, it's a Slade cover. Slade, one of the great bands of all time. 
If you know anything about the background on this, the infamous story is the band didn't want to cover it and they went out of their way to play a bad version of it during the recording. And what you hear is what we got. So I actually don't believe that they went out of their way to trash it because it's a perfect recording. But this version is taken from a show around the time the album and this song was breaking. They were doing some shows up in Germany, Dortmund, Germany, to be exact. And I found this online and I thought this was a very inspired performance. So I'm going to go with it right here. So here's a fun live version of a song you've heard a billion times, but it's still the best. Here is Come On, Feel the Noise.
Okay, yes, a massively inspired performance of Come On, Feel The Noise, live in Dortmund, Germany, 1983. I like that high-energy-inspired performance right there. To the contrary, there is a clip of them playing that on some talk show in the early 90s, and it was hosted by the now-recently-deceased Richard Belzer, and it's like right when Quiet Riot first got back together in name. And it's weird because... It's Kevin Debro and Carlos Cavazzo, no Frankie Benali. And if you go and watch that clip, you are warned, it's not a great performance. And that's mainly because the guy playing drums just cannot even come close to approaching the attack that the late, great Frankie Benali had on that song. The song actually drags and is slowed down by the drummer. It's bad. But yeah, check it out if you want to hear the difference on that. You are warned. But love that performance there from Germany. And since I'm going down the personnel here, I figured I'd just bring this up. A little bit of background on here, just from my knowledge in my head that I've obtained over the years, and something random that I learned just today. So I definitely wanted to give it up for Spencer Proffer, the producer that basically took them in, and they just had signed a bad deal with Sony. They only got their first two albums put out in Japan only. And they had legit broken up by the time Spencer Proffer got to him. They were actually just simply known as DeBro whenever he was like, yeah, I'd like to take you guys in and do some demos with you. So I'm so glad that producer Spencer Proffer had that initiative to go after this band after hearing them live. And it was all based on Come On, Feel the Noise, because he had heard it on some radio station in Los Angeles. He was like, I need to find a band to cover that, because it was not a hit in America, and it needs to be, because it's a very catchy song. And that was the whole impetus behind him even getting with a band like Debro that would eventually become Quiet Riot again. So that all being said, early on in the production for Mental Health, and I'm not going to do a whole documentary or bio here, but just wanted to give you some background here, because I think it's interesting stuff. Early on in the recordings, most of the songs that they weren't just written by Kevin by himself, they were co-written by Kevin and Carlos Cavazzo. Metal Health was actually co-written by Kevin Carlos and Frankie Benali. And Metal Health and the next song we're going to play here on the show, actually on the final recordings of Metal Health, Rudy Sarzo does not play bass on those tracks. They were played by a guy named Chuck Wright, who would be in and out of the band multiple times throughout his career and yeah, that's him playing the bass on that breakdown in Metal Health, not Rudy Sarzo. And he played the bass track on this next song right here, at least on the album he did. Not this version I'm going to play, actually. I think every one of these live performances are done with the classic lineup of Debro, Cavazzo, Sarzo, and Benali. But if they're not, I'll let you know. But this one right here, I've always dug this version. I'm going to pull something off of the Alive and Well release, which... This version right here is, I call it technically a live track. It's live in studio. It was a re-recording, if you will. But it sounds to me like there's very little overdub on here. So I call them live tracks. But I have always loved this stripped-down version of Don't Want to Let You Go. And Don't Want to Let You Go, I think, should have been a hit off of that record. I have no idea why it wasn't a single or anything, but that's just the way it is. Like that one in Thunderbird, I think, had massive potential as hits as well as a few other songs on the record, but that's just me. But yes, I, I played this forever ago on the show, but I'd like to play it again here for you as part of our mental health birthday celebration here. So here is a nice, stripped-back, slightly acoustic version of Don't Want to Let You Go. Don't 
you go right there the third song off of mental health by quiet riot that was a nice live in studio stripped down acoustic version of it from alive and well which i gave it up for that release quite a bit last year i still definitely recommend it as a fan if you didn't buy it in the late 90s when it originally came out that's fine because it's out again and it's better than ever if i could do a little shill here that's the one to get The two CD version or the two LP version that's out right now. Expanded AF. So much stuff. You got the original studio songs that were new for the release, like an EP's worth of new stuff. All those live in studio re-recordings that sound excellent. And a whole live show from 84. Like that mental health clip I play at the top of the show. That's on that particular release. And I'm definitely not trying to cheat by using something from the same release. But anything I pick off of the Alive and Well, which there's another one coming up here later... Anything I pick off of that are from basically different things that were coming out or had been done at different parts in the timeline. So I don't think it's totally cheating, and I wanted to make as unique of a show as possible with that. But I did want to give it up one more time for that version of Don't Want to Let You Go. 
band sounds great doing those nice background vocals with Kevin. And speaking of background vocals, I failed to mention this on the last segment. The thing that I learned today, despite the fact that I am over 40 and mental health is turning 40, I was, as they say now, today years old and learning this. So the background singers on the studio album, Metal Health, is credited to a group called the Riot Squad, a a makeshift name. The Riot Squad consists of two women and a guy. The guy in question is producer Spencer Proffer. And one of the women, her name is Donna Slattery. I don't know anything about her, but I do know a decent amount about the other woman that did background vocals in this album. And this is blowing my mind. This woman's name is Tuesday Night. She is an actress from back in the day. And I know her very well. I'm a big fan of one of her movies. She actually is in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. She's the one that takes over Patricia Arquette's role as Kristen. So that's her in Part 4. She sings on this damn album. Background vocals on the whole record. How freaking cool is that, man? So, yeah, I love that shit. I love that shit. So I had to double check on the album because, you know, Wiki's not always gospel. But I see the name on there. It's good to go. Wowza. If I ever get out to a horror con and she's there, I gotta ask her about that. I would totally have to get her to sign the record, wouldn't I? I mean, kind of on principle, because how many of those has she signed in her life? Probably a few. There's a few nerds out there that know that fact. And now a whole bunch of you know that fact. Okay, the next song here. And yeah, I gotta go into my personal timeline here as well. The first time I ever owned anything, Metal Health, was the 45 for Come On, Feel the Noise. More on that later. The first time I owned the full length was actually the cassette version. And if you ever grew up with the cassette version, you know the track listing order to be different than the vinyl version and, of course, the CD versions that came out later. So I'm actually going by OG release and not the cassette. And to this day... I still think it's a weird order. (laughs) Like I want my cassette order and I know I could easily do that, make a playlist and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, I just never think to do that. But on the cassette, the thing after come on, feel the noise was not don't want to let you go. Don't want to let you go is move back to side two. And after come on, feel the noise on my tape, it went battle axe. And then this song right here, which is the true next song after don't want to let you go. Everybody got that? Okay. And this song has the longest history in Quiet Riot. And I think you know what I'm going to play here if you're any kind of fan. So I am going to play the original studio version of Slick Black Cadillac. And no, it's not off of Metal Health. If you know your history, you know that they recorded this song back on one of their Japanese-only releases. I believe the second Quiet Riot album, a lot of people would just call it Quiet Riot 2, or QR2, and the recorded lineup on that is, of course, Kevin DeBrow lead vocals, Drew Forsyth on drums. Rudy Sarzo gets the bass credit on the album, but he does not play on the album. The actual bass was recorded by Kelly Garney, who <laughs> who left the band because he wanted to kill Kevin DeBrow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just a matter of factly fact, if you know anything about the history of the band. And now you're going to be treated to also... Some ripping guitar here by their original guitar player, the founding member of the band, the late, great, immortal Randy Rhodes. Yes, you're about to hear some Randy in Quiet Riot from the Quiet Riot 2 record. Here is the OG, the original, original version of Slick Black Cadillac. Enjoy.
Original, original version of Slick Black Cadillac right there, dating all the way back to 1978. Yes, that song predates the Metal Health album by five whole years. So, yeah. But it's a fun song. I really like it. It's one of those old school kind of boogie rock and rollers. You get a lot of R&B bass line going on. It's fun stuff. That song is so fun. It could have easily been done by Kiss or Slade or Aerosmith or anybody like that. Any great classic fun rock and roll band. But yeah, there you have it. This next one right here, we are technically going back to the Alive and Well release, but one of the other unique add-ons I've done with it now is add a handful of Debro demos. And these demos, under the Debro name at the time, are dated around 1981, and I actually played one of these back on episode 539 
as a way to represent the Alive and Well release, I played the Thunderbird demo, which means i got to find a different version of it now for the end of the show. But I will. But yeah, go back and listen to that if you want to hear that killer demo. And another Debro demo is another song that wound up being on Metal Health, of course, with this song right here. This is one of those songs I think it works really well on the album, but it's not necessarily anything that works very well live. I've heard some live recordings of this, and it just doesn't hit it with me. So I was like, oh, I'll just play the Debro demo instead, give you an idea of what it sounded like two years before the actual presentation of it to the rest of the world. So here is the original Debro demo of Love's a Bitch. Let's go. 
the original Debro demo of Loves a Bitch from 1981. You can now find that officially released as a bonus track on the Alive and Well two disc or two album set. Once again, go get it. If you're any kind of fan of Quiet Right, you definitely need this release. And uh, give you some time here to flip the record over, as a lot of us podcasters like to do that kind of theater of the brain. Yes, it's time to flip the record over if you're listening to the original version to get to this next song right here. I, I just think this is an unrelenting album. It really never lets up. And when you immediately put on side two, it never loses any kind of ground. It's just hard rockers all the way up until the epic power ballad at the end. It's a great side of music. And it kicks off with this huge sounding heavy metal song right here, Breathless. And I was really tempted to do these next two songs just with the original album version. But once again, I'll have you listen to it for yourself the way it was intended. But here is a live version of the kickoff song from Side 2 at a show, I believe it's in Pasadena, California. Which, uh, that was a stomping ground for Quiet Riot back in the day, back when they used to be friendly rivals with another up-and-coming backyard party band, Van Halen. Those were the days. There's tons of books you can read and tons of documentaries you can watch about all that. So dial into all that stuff, as Dave would say. But until then, here is the kickoff track from Side 2, a live version from Pasadena, California. This is the great Breathless. This is a song off the Mental Health LP entitled Breathless.
All right, Breathless, live, Pasadena, California, I believe around 83. That was originally a radio broadcast, and it wound up being that the live album, that weird series of live albums that would come out and dupe a lot of the record-buying public because they thought they were getting a best-of album when they got a live album that they didn't want. But if you're a hardcore fan, those extended versions series are worth tracking down because some of those shows never appeared on anything else ever again. And in the instance of Quiet Riot, that is the truth. I, I don't have that on anything else. It's just on that extended versions series right there. So check that out if you're a hardcore fan. If you have an extra copy, send me one. All right. Next song right here. This one is a big, big favorite of mine. Just the large metal sound, once again, that really is definitely one of the cornerstone songs that turned me on to the genre as a whole. Why? Because it was the B-side of Come On, Feel the Noise, at least the version I had. I'm sure there's other versions that have different B-sides, but the one that I bought on just a regular generic-ass paper sleeve back in the day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I asked for this record and I got it. And to this day, I never fail to turn this one up as loud as possible. Run for cover. Just an excellent track for me. And once again, I was massively tempted to play the studio version. But let's go back to the live stuff. This is a show live in a big old rock town, Cleveland, Ohio, 1983. Another radio broadcast. Here is Run for Cover. Sexy, hold 
Well, sort of, yes. That recording definitely was taken from Cleveland. It's an interesting name for this planet. But yes, run for cover. I, even though the sound quality isn't great on that one, I do appreciate the high energy of the performance, much like what I'm going to do here with this next group of songs. And I say group of songs because they're going to represent the next two songs off of the record, off of the same exact clip, Slightly out of order because, of course, next on the album we have Battle Axe, which is the instrumental guitar solo by the great Carlos Cavazzo. Let's give it up for Carlos while I'm thinking about it, by the way. What a great guitar player. And to step into the band and basically become the guy who, quote-unquote, replaces Randy Rhodes. Guy is a phenomenal player. Very underappreciated in the grand scheme of things. Can do some good background singing. And I gotta say, I still miss that lineup that he was in with Rat. If anybody can step into a pair of shoes that are difficult to fill, he did it with Randy once, and I believe he did it with Robin Crosby. Two irreplaceable guys, no doubt, but he just plays his parts so well, and he's a massive addition to any band that he's ever been involved with. No doubt about that. And to this day, I still have that famous poster of him and Kevin on stage. I love that picture so much. It's that same poster you see in the uh, original Weezer album sleeve as well. But yes, back to Battle Axe. This song is going to be on this performance. It's going to come in in the middle of this song, which happens to be the song after Battle Axe on the record. So slightly out of order, yet kind of not out of order. It makes total sense to play this version. I was talking about low sound quality, but great high energy performance. Of course, definitively with Quiet Riot, you have to talk about the Us Festival appearance. The Us Festival appearance took place right on the brink of them breaking through to the rest of America and the rest of the world. This is one of those things where I I need to go back and watch some of these documentaries because I'm not sure if the appearance took place before or after the number one position of Metal Health. I feel like the performance is what helped them get a number one album. So I think it does predate the chart success for sure. But they were on the up and up at this point. And they're one of those bands that people still reference as being a show stealer that day for Heavy Metal Day. I know Triumph got a lot of love for their performance as well. And Triumph and Quiet Right are the only ones that I know of. There's probably a few more, but the only ones I know of that actually have official releases out for their Us Festival appearances. Cool little CD-DVD combos that came out about a decade ago. And I bought that Quiet Riot one as soon as it became street legal. And as a CD, it's just okay, but really the meat is the DVD and the fact that you see a really nice, cleaned-up, remastered video of their whole set at the US Festival. So the audio is just okay. I think it's massively lacking in bass. It has that sound where it's definitely recorded outdoors, and if you didn't know that, you could still tell, if you have good ears, that it was definitely recorded outdoors. That all being said, it's still a cool performance, and you're going to get to hear Battle Axe in the middle right here. So this little twofer right here, of Battle Axe and the great Let's Get Crazy. (laughs) 
master, Rudy Sarzo on bass guitar. There you have it right there, Quiet Riot Live at the US Festival 1983. A lot of crazy shit took place that weekend, especially in 83. I'm surprised there's not a whole book about the US Festival. If there was, I missed it, but let me know if there is. But someone could easily write that, and it would be a lot of fun, just like an oral history kind of thing. Yeah, no big deal. They plan to anywhere reported between 250 and 670,000 people in San Bernardino, California outdoors. Yeah, no big deal. Of course, that would spike record sales. If everybody that went there bought Metal Health, that would, that would on principle, shoot them up to number one just on that. But started getting radio play, and they were off to the races. And Metal Health, once again, one of the most important hard rock and heavy metal albums of all time. And it ends with this song right here. I think it would be... I'm pretty sure I said it should have been a hit back when I played the demo a few episodes ago. I've had a theory that they didn't put it out because I, I always assumed that it was a tribute to Randy Rhodes. A- after the fact, after Randy's death, it was dedicated to him in all future performances because it, it just makes sense. It, it sounds like one of those goodbye kind of songs because it is, but the song itself, as you could tell by the 81 demo, precedes Randy's death. But that all being said, it's still a very powerful power ballad, in my opinion, that doesn't quite get its due. So that's what we're going to close the show off with here, because yes, that's the last song on the record, last song of the night. It's going to end off very well. And I went ahead and rewatched this last night to try to see, like, what was I going to play on the show from this particular show? One of the last big things that the Metal Health lineup ever did as a band, was record their 20 Years of Metal Health live in the 21st Century DVD, and thankfully it came with a CD add-on as well. It's a show that they recorded at the Key Club in Los Angeles or Hollywood or wherever it is. I'm not quite sure because I've never been there, but I thought this was neat because I didn't even know this, once again, because I don't live out there. The Key Club, a lot of people have recorded out there over the years and put out official and unofficial live albums out from the Key Club, and I just learned... Watching that DVD again, just uh, the factoid just is finally permanent in my brain that the Key Club used to be Gazaris back in the day. And Kevin even referenced they never used to let us play a Gazaris back in the day because Van Halen was the house band. So I thought that was kind of funny. And Kevin almost goes overboard and saying things that will get the band in trouble. But he, he definitely dials it down for the performance, which is nice, which is nice. And by the way, this is the show where the band is rewarded with 10 million selling Platinum Diamond Award plaques for 10 million worldwide sales of Metal Health at that point. And you can find some pictures online if you find the one of Frankie Benali in his drum room. It's got the plaque right behind him. It's a really impressive looking thing. And the physical release itself has been out of print for years and it goes for a lot of money online. But thankfully, someone did you right. You can also watch it for free on YouTube. Multiple fans will put it up even if it gets taken down over time. I, as a fan, do have a physical release, which I always encourage people to buy. Because once again, you get the CD and DVD like you did for the S-Festival release with this. Some highlights on here include some rarely performed songs. Vicious Circle, Terrified, Psycho City, stuff like that. They do a cover of My Generation, which is a lot of fun. And they do a fun acoustic version of Small Faces at Chiku Park. But my big gripe about this, zero songs from QR3. And I'm actually a big QR3 fan. I'm that guy. But that all being said, there's a really, really cool, slightly acoustic, slightly electric version of the album Closer for Metal Health. So here it is, the mighty 
Thunderbirds. This song was written about the guy that started our little rock and roll band.
Closing off the show here today, the last song from Metal Health, that was Thunderbird, live in the 21st century on the 20 Years of Metal Health DVD CD right there. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed this whole show. I think it's my first real retracking of any album. I could be wrong about that. I remember doing like a cover version of Nevermind, but I don't think I've actually done the reconstructed live and demo thing of a whole album. But if this is the first one, it's fitting because, once again, a very important album for me. If you don't own Metal Health, you got to get it. It's an essential album, in my opinion, and always a good damn time. I think I am easily the biggest fan of Quiet Riot that never got to see him live, unfortunately. It just, I should have, and it didn't happen. But I talked about this in length on my Concert Regrets episode that I did with Elsie Fox from Cobras and Fire. I'm especially interested in what those guys will have to say about this episode if they ever hear it, because I know they always kind of pick on Quiet Riot and my other favorite band when I was a Greenhorn Poison, but hey, I I wear it proudly. Someone's got to defend these guys, damn it. But yes, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I I, I did tease that I was going to do a theme that I haven't done in a long time. I'm still working on it. I want it to be a good show, so it's not on the back burner. I'll be on the next few episodes, and so close to having the top albums of 1973, and of course the odds and ends that go with it. So close to having the big, huge wrap-up of 1973 alive in your ears. And as a last, last second, last-minute punch-in here, I'd finish the episode, and I forgot to put this out there, because in the just-in-case, in the just-in-case factor, that somebody out there listening is a super mega fan of Quiet Riot, like I am, I'm lacking a few things physically. If anybody's willing to trade... Or, you know, just work something out with me. Uh, Files are nice, but I'd love to have the physical if possible. But I'll take whatever I can get at this point. If you have any lines on a physical or whatever of the Guilty Pleasures CD or the very, very rare and hard to find 10 CD, the one with Jizzy singing on it and some Kevin tracks on it, please, please DM me through the Rock Strikes 10 Facebook. Thank you so much. And once again, I hope you enjoyed the show. Till the next one. Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. 
Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.